Door podcast. I'm your host, Jim Shields, and I am here today with a special edition, a special 4th of, 4th of July edition, that is. I have someone with me today um, that's very special, that is not only the first uh, person who is in the military that I've talked to on this podcast, but it's also someone who is on the phone, and I'm not even doing a live interview for the first time, so that's really cool. I want to welcome a very special person and that young man his name is john o'malley john welcome to the podcast today what's going on jim glad to be here john o'malley wow that's the first you know what i'm really excited and some of you are like um who is this guy well i'll tell you real quick i'm a teacher in high school and i taught this kid i don't even know john if you told me that it was four years ago i'd say yeah it was four years ago if you said nine i'd be like yeah it was nine i have no idea give me a rant when did you graduate high school john so that was 2015 so it's uh, seven years. Holy crap! Now. Seven years. Yeah. Okay, and and I just want to give props. You just called me Jim. That me that means something. Like you've never called me Jim before, and I like that. You should call me that absolutely. Um, but that's the first time I've I've heard you ever ever say that. It's usually Mr. Shields. Awesome. <laughs> We're on a different level now, John. So, um, John is coming to us today uh, from the islands on this special 4th of July edition. I am so excited to talk to John today. I, I, I honestly, we're not even going to have enough time to get into this stuff, John. I'm going to tell you right now, I'm going to paint the picture. John, I was just talking to him doing like the pre-interview portion of the show and I heard all this wind. Okay. No one's going to feel bad right now, but it's because he's in Kauai. Okay. Um, so now John is sitting, I'm ruining his vacation. He's sitting in a car in a hotel parking lot in Kauai just to do this. So if that's not the sacrifice you're looking for for this podcast, I don't know what you're looking for. John, thank you for doing that. Of course. We're out here. Yeah, we're, we're out here. We're doing it. Um, and one of the reasons, John, that I wanted to interview John so badly, I have a, a top 100 list, and nobody knows what that is except for me, but there's 100 people that I wanted to interview initially, and you were definitely absolutely 100% on that list, John. Um, and the reason that you're on that is because, and the reason you came to the forefront of my brain is because tomorrow is the 4th of July and you are currently in the military. And I just wanted to ask you, what branch are you in and what is your, what is your current role in the military? So right now I'm, uh, I'm in the army. Um, I am an age 64 pilot. I'm a platoon leader for a, uh, an air cavalry squadron. Um, so most of my duties, you know, include you know, managing, scheduling, and, and training, um, taking care of soldiers, um, and then I'm also a pilot. So um, basically, a lot of the duties have to do with you know taking care of people, taking care of scheduling things, but uh, at the same time, uh, most of my focus goes into you know maintaining proficiency as a as a pilot. That's kind of interesting that you said that, John. Um, you said, oh yeah, I, you know, I manage people and I do all this and, and I'm also a pilot. I, like what the, honestly, like I can't even, I'm going to tell you right now, John, I like you were on my list of the top 100 and you're like, what does that mean, Jim? That doesn't mean anything to me. Well, to me, it means something, right? I took my kids yesterday to see Top Gun. Okay. I, I'm sure you've seen it. Did you see it? I actually have not seen it. You've seen the old one at least, right? <laughs> Did you not see the old Top Gun, the one from the 80s? 
John, did we lose you? No problem. <clears throat> We're going to get that guy right back. Not a problem here. Hey, there he is. Hey, John. Hey. Hey, yeah, man, yeah. That, that happens on the islands, right? Of course. So I don't know where we left off, but I wanted to tell you that I took my kids yesterday to see Top Gun, and you claim that you've never seen the new Top Gun. Did you see the original Top Gun by any chance? Yeah, I've seen the original. The original, of course, is classic. Um, we just haven't found the right date to go see the new one yet, though. We're I understand. Yeah, so we're going we're gonna to see that soon, probably once we get back from, uh, back from this little vacation. Yeah, and, and to keep in mind, like, John is, is an amazing kid, and we're going to get into that, and he's not even a kid anymore, he's an adult, but, like, he's on vacation right now. But let me tell you where he was. He's on the mainland of Hawaii, so he went on vacation to Kauai, and he, he, he told me that he's on vacation in Kauai. So normally when you're on vacation in Kauai, you're coming from, like, Kansas or, like, Philadelphia. Nope, he's coming from, what, Honolulu or something? Yeah, we live, in, we live on Oahu. Um... In a, in a small little town on the west side of Oahu called Makakilo. Um, you know, so we live in paradise, but uh, we're over on vacation in paradise as well. So it's, <laughs> nice, uh, it's nice to be able to take, take a look at some different things around the islands. That's unreal, man. John, I was sitting yesterday in Top Gun, right? There's a, I, I swear to you, I, I don't take my kids to the movies. My mom usually does or like... Uh, my my wife's mother. So I I have not been to the movies in ten years. Here's what I've noticed about the movies. Number one, they have a bar. Did, did you know? I don't, do they have bars in, at, at the movies in Hawaii? I haven't been to one yet, but uh, that 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 might be a, an attraction. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And the second thing is, the seats have buttons on them, and you can lay down like a bed. It's unreal. Did no you way. did you know that? I don't know if you knew that. No. Well. <laughs> When you, since the last time I had, I went to the movie theater. Well, when you come back, when you come back to uh, home, hopefully, sometime you could check out the 309 uh, theater because they now have that. Anyway, I'm sitting in this movie, I'm watching this thing, and a and a light bulb went off in my head. I uh, an honest light bulb, and I said, "Wait a minute, it's the Fourth of July. We're having Fourth of July is Monday. I'm like, I got to do a special podcast, and you were the first name that came to my mind. I was like. I, this is perfect. I have to talk to this kid. So I instantly, so literally I told my kids, I was like, all right, chill out for a minute. I got to send an important message. And I'm messaging you on Facebook. John, could you possibly do a podcast tomorrow? You didn't even, you're like, yeah, sure, whatever. And and here we are. It's the 4th of July edition. Um, I want to ask you, as being a pilot in the United States Army, what does the 4th of July mean to someone like you, John? And don't feel any pressure. I'm just curious what it means to you. So I'd say, um, you know, just like any any family, uh, 4th of July, it means a lot because you, you always have tradition. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's about spending time with your family, and it's about um, enjoying the freedoms that, that we're afforded living in the United States. And, it's a, you know, it's a great privilege living in the United States. Um, I'd say um, for someone in the military, it 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 also rings true that, um, you know, we do we do focus a lot on I know why we serve. And it just, you know, gives you that extra time to think about it and reflect about um, what you're doing. And, uh, you know, even when when work is hard or you're away from your family, it kind of gives you a good moment to reflect on on why it's important um, that we that we do what we do. Yeah, that's awesome. Great answer. Um, I would expect nothing less. 
I'll tell you right now, John, I was, I got up this morning and I was so pumped to talk to you, even though I messed up, like we're supposed to meet at one and we, between John and I, we can't figure out what time one o'clock is East coast time to compare to Hawaii. Math is hard. Math math is is really hard. And you know what? We'll talk about that later, but I want to tell you this. (laughs) I got up today and last night I knew I was going to talk to you today. I set my alarm for 4.30 this morning, which is probably, you know, that's late for you. But I set my alarm for 4.30. I was like, I'm going mountain biking today. And I got out there. I was the first person in the parking lot at the place that I go. And I hit some hard hills today. And honestly, I started thinking of John O'Malley. And I was like, what would John do? What would John do on this hill? And I started, there was one point today where I was leaning back so hard up the steep hill. And I fell off my bike to the back. I was fine. I didn't really, um, I didn't really fall off and I caught myself. But the whole ride today, I was thinking like, man, what would John do? John puts himself in these stressful situations and he's in the military. And like, I really thought about you today, man. And I I honestly, I want to number one, thank you for your service. And like, just to tell you, honestly, seven or eight years ago, you were sitting in my classroom at our high school where I teach. And you've gone from that student just sitting at a desk or sitting like, you know, since I taught the survival class, sitting on a log probably to yep. this this respected adult that is like crushing it in the world and it's like how do, how does that happen so quickly i mean where where did you where did you go right after high school is my main question talk about your path a little bit after high school so after high school um i uh, i was looking into a lot of different options and, and you know thinking about playing football in college or um joining the military um so i, I went to west point um, West Point was a, a long four years. It was, uh, you know, it was tough, but, um, you know, those four years definitely helped me develop into, uh, into someone that could, that could do well in the, in the military. And, um, so four years at West Point and then graduated 2019 and, uh, and then went to flight school from there. Jesus. So West Point is a community college in Connecticut, correct? Yes. Okay. I'm just honestly, that's disrespectful to anyone who's listening. West Point um, must be one of the hardest schools to get into. John, I'm going to ask you, like, when you were in high school, when did West Point come onto the radar for you, or was it earlier than high school? Um. So, I had uh, I had known I had known you know what West Point was. Um, My dad was an academy guy. He went to the Naval Academy, and that definitely helped me. you know, have an idea of, of, you know, what, what are good options? Um, knowing that I, I probably, you know, I wasn't really going to be paying to go to college. It, it's a, you know, it's free and it's a great education and, um, it had always been on my radar. So I, I knew you know, I had to work hard and, and, uh, and get good grades and do the right things to be able to get into the school. Okay. Um, but I'd say around, around junior year, um, when I'd started getting, uh, you know, recruited for, for sports. And, and that was one of the schools that, that popped up and I had, uh, I had talked to their coaches and, and it, it seemed like a, like a good option for me. And, uh, that's, that's pretty much where, where I decided, uh, that I'd be trying to go to West Point instead of, instead of the Navy or, yeah. um, or the Naval Academy. Was uh, your just, dad just pressuring you at all? Available. No, so he, he he definitely helped uh, helped encourage me um, that that all the options are are great, and uh, I pretty much just weighed, you know, what 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 do I want out of my military service, 
um, you know, specifically talking about about the branch of service. Um, and I felt like the Army was a good fit for me. Uh, so so that's pretty much what, what drove that decision um, instead of trying to do um, Navy ROTC or the Naval Academy or the Air Force. Um, it was pretty much just based on, you know, what I saw uh, you know, service-wise and, and the jobs that would be available to me. I felt like the Army would be a good fit. Okay. Um, and obviously you did well there. I mean, it's it's very challenging. It's not an easy thing to get into to West Point. Um what how how can you ca- like um encapsulate the, your experience if you had to put it into like a couple sentences what is west point all about that's a really tough question i'd say what it's all about um i can't really put it in a few words cuz it's it's so different to to everyone the, the experience um obviously is they try to you know make it the same across um you know whoever goes there and you're supposed to you know, basically learn the, the, what it means to be an officer in the army, um, you know, being a moral compass and, um, you know, teaching you about, you know, honor and integrity. Hmm. But I'd say, um, for me, it definitely, it definitely just taught me, you know, what it means to, what it means to work hard. And, um, not only that, to, to be a, a teammate, um, in different aspects, uh, I'd say for, you know, my entire, you know, life leading up to when I went there, um, being a teammate, I'd played sports my entire life. And, and, you know, that's what it means to be a teammate. And you learn a lot doing that. But at West Point, it definitely, um, you know, being a teammate was in, in different aspects of, of everyday life. Um, even the most, you know, monotonous things like when you're, when you're a freshman there and you got to, you know, you're, you're cleaning toilets and, and doing all that kind of stuff. It's, um, just being a team player and, uh, having the empathy to understand when, um, you know, when, when people are hurting or they need some help that you can't just, you can't wait for them to ask help. You gotta, you gotta be the person to, you know, reach out and that that's different. That's different than, uh, you know, what I was used to. Um, just a lot of, uh, a lot of monotonous things and, and even just schoolwork, you gotta be a team player. And that's, uh, that's that's a lot of what I learned there. That's a and honestly a lot of really friends along the way. Yeah, that's amazing, John. I mean, you just said like you can't wait for people to ask for help. You almost have to recognize when they need it and sort of be there for them as a good teammate. And it's like, you know, I I know that you were John was a standout athlete in high school for sure. He was a wide receiver um, for the football team. Um, probably, I'm assuming you had other options in high school to go play elsewhere. Did that ever come into play? Like maybe I would go to this school or like, did you ever think about that? Or was it always kind of a West Point? Yeah, it did. Um, you know, up until, up until, you know, near the middle of senior year, I was, uh, I was still weighing my options and there were a few other schools that I had the opportunity to go, you know, play football at. But, um, ultimately I, I think I was looking beyond, um, playing football I was, you know, I was feeling worn down and, and my body wasn't, wasn't doing great. And I, I didn't, I wasn't super positive that I'd be, you know, playing football for four years in college. So right. I think it was the, uh, I think it was the, that weighing on me that, um, I think going there would be the best option for me. Okay. Um, if you, if you, if you subtracted football from the equation altogether. So how did football go at West Point? 
Uh, so I played for, um, it's called, it's called sprint football. It's, it's a lightweight team, um, at, at the school and, and you play other, other lightweight teams okay. that um, are in this, in the gen- general area. Um, Naval Academy has a team and, and some of the Ivy league teams have, have a team as well. Um, I had to cut a lot of weight to play for that team. And I know you're, you're a former wrestling coach. I know your kids are wrestling. So you're, you're all too familiar with, with cutting weight and, yep. and what that can do to you. <laughs> yeah. And I don't like it. I, I had no experience with that whatsoever. So that was, <laughs> that was a, a very, very, very unique experience for me having to, uh, you know, I was, I was sitting about 190 pounds and I had to cut down to 172. Oh. To play so we'd have to weigh in Ugh. on on Friday mornings, and I'd spend all week cutting weight, you know, oh eating goodness. salads and um, lots of chicken. Yeah, so that was that was tough uh, for me for sure. So I played I played my freshman year and my sophomore year there, and that's that was it. I I, I was I was not getting the grades that I wanted to. Yeah, um, it was definitely definitely had an impact on me um, in school when I, I wasn't eating or you know, wasn't able to sleep that well. So, so I made the decision to, to just stop, hung the cleats up and, and, uh, from there started getting better grades. And, and ultimately I was, you know, I really wanted to, to be a pilot. So branching aviation from there, you gotta, you gotta, you know, focus on, on uh, the important things and, and making sure that you're putting yourself in a position to, to get that branch. Yeah. I mean, eating and sleeping in general are just pretty important. Uh, I'm glad you figured that out at a young age. John. That's awesome. Now, I mean, like, we'll talk about that. I do have some questions about eating and sleeping and like the deprivation that you may have gone through. And um, I don't know, some of your training or what the military gets you ready for. But before we get to that, I wanted to talk to you um, about an experience that I had actually with your, um, your dad. Um, it was, I, I forget what it was. Like I, I run an orientation, like um, leadership program at the high school. And I think he was there maybe for your brother or something or you know john has a yeah. brother that goes who i taught in phys ed this year awesome kid um and I, I talked to your dad at one of these things and he was like he shook my hand he almost broke it by the way um shook my hand and he was like and he's a uh, former military guy he was he was a pilot in the navy right he was a he was a backseater for f-14 so like he was from top gun yeah, he was he was he was uh he was one of the guys in Top Gun. Pretty amazing. Um, you could tell right away that he's like a badass. It's like, oh man, this guy. So he almost broke my hand, and he's like, you know what? And and honestly, this was such a great um, example of leadership, and I loved it. And he goes up to me and he said, you know what? He's like, hey, Mister Shields. He's like, and I was asking about you. I was like, how's John doing? Like, I don't know. I, I, you were probably just at a West Point, maybe doing your thing. And I forget exactly what he said, but he said something like, um, you know, he's doing like the SEER school or some of the search and evasion and all that stuff. And he, he did, he's like, he mentioned some of the stuff that, that he learned in your survival class, like some of the knots and stuff. It really helped him out. Now, look, I don't know if he was making that up or not. I don't care. I just was like, that's awesome. I was so like, I got chills when he told me that I was like, Oh my God. No, he's, he's, he's spot on. Wow. I, and for those of you that don't know, I teach at my high school, I teach an outdoor bushcraft and survival class. And John, um, I remember your, your class was one of my favorite classes ever. You just had an awesome group of kids. And like, I don't know, you just kind of like, um, you know, it, it, it's kind of basic, but you, you definitely, you know, I definitely threw a bunch of stuff out there. And I was always wondering, like, does anybody actually 
Yeah. Take any of this stuff. Does it ever matter? You know, whereas like reading in English and, and math, sometimes that carries on. But like, man, this was like a weird class for you. Maybe it did actually matter in, in a weird way. So he said that and I was pumped up again. I don't know if he made it up, but props to your dad. What's what's your dad's first name? Kevin. Props to Kevin. Thank you, Kevin. I appreciate that. <laughs> um, so he said that. I, did, was there any truth to that? There absolutely was truth to that. Um, <laughs> even even before before going to to Sear School, which is a part of flight school, um, so you show up there and it's you know the survival, evasion, resistance, and escape school is what it stands for. Yeah. Um, so it's 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 learning you know how to how to survive, evade, resist, and escape if you were to you know go you know go down. So a lot of a lot of uh, pilots do it and. Um, all all military pilots go through the school um, right you know, it's for for the um you know the the situation where you find yourself shot down in, in enemy territory that's that's basically the the basics of it um it's a, it's really interesting um to hear about the history of the school and, and how it um you know how it came to be yeah but um definitely in that school there there were a lot of situations i found myself in where you know they, they teach you everything there sure um just like just like your class but you know, having that, having done it before. And even if it was, you know, simple stuff like just starting fires and, yeah. and, and the basics of, of tying knots and, and everything like that, they, they teach you it, but having seen it before and having done it made me a lot more comfortable. And when we went out to the field to do stuff, um, it, it gave me a sense of confidence that, uh, that I'd be able to do it and, uh, and help out my team. And that was, uh, that was definitely, a great experience in high school. Um, and you're right. We did have a really, really awesome class. Everybody had a lot of fun. That was, <laughs> that was a good time. Dude. I, I, I have some pictures from those class, from your class in particular. And I'm like, man, that was just a good class. There's been great yeah. ones since, but, um, Hey man, I'm glad that some of that stuff helped you out in Sear school, which is, I'm sure a lot of fun. It was some, it's something that I wanted you can't just go off the street and say, Hey, can I sign up for Sear school? You kind of have to like join the military. Um, I think anyway, maybe, you know, a loophole. You could go. You could go be an instructor if you want. All right, You'd John. have to go through it, though. All right. Well, send me some information, and and we'll talk about this after. Um, John, you know what I want to talk to you about? Um, what was it like for you, um, growing up with a father who was uh, in the military, flew around in planes, did all kinds of crazy stuff? Um, you always seemed to me when I knew you in high school as a very um, regimented, disciplined. Um, very respectful young man, way ahead of your time. Like kids in high school are not typically like that, um, but you were definitely ahead of your time. You had this. You're almost like an a forty year old, like in high school. Like a, you just had. The, that's not a bad. I mean, like you were just respectful, and I love that about you. Everybody loved that about you. How did you get that way? And talk a little bit about your childhood, and if anything, like that you learned at home, maybe translated into you being that um 40 year old in high school <laughs> that's if you want to put it that way yeah yeah i mean I'd, I'd say that um i guess that's just that's just your upbringing um i i can't put a you know put a finger on specifically um you know what what made me you know be the way that i was or, or the way that i am but uh you know i'll give credit to to my parents for um you know you know teaching me you know what's right and what's wrong and and yeah. you know being a uh being an honest person being being yourself for sure um i'd say that you know whether it's you know 
being regimented or disciplined. I think um, maybe that's just a just a, a reflection of you know me wanting to do well and 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 knowing the difference between right and wrong as a, as a kid in high school. Yeah. Um, but I'd say just you know being being respectful is something that um, you know it's it's not always you know, in the forefront of everybody's mind, you know, being kind and, uh, you know, just being a person that, um, you know, you want to be a person that people can come to and, and talk to anything about. And I feel like that, that was, you know, maybe something I learned along the way. And I, I saw people that I liked were respectful people and just, um, you know, basically trying to emulate that as a, as a, uh, as a kid probably, you know, made me the way that I was or the way that I am. Um, because you don't, you don't always, you don't always follow, you know, you don't always pick someone and, and follow them. Right. But yeah. a lot of the things that, that make you into the person you are is you, you see little things and you try to, you try to emulate that. Um, whether it be, you know, someone that you can relate to or someone that you, um, that you just generally respect, you see the things that they do and, um, you just want to you just want to reflect that in your everyday life to make a better version of yourself. And I'd, I'd say that, um, yeah, I can't really put a finger on, on what it was, but I'd say that that's kind of the way that I learn um, is I don't have anyone that, you know, I, that I look up to as, OK, I want to be that person. But I, I you know, take things and, and I use them to you know, make, make a better version of myself. And I, that's that's something that um, I'd say carries to this day as well. That's awesome. Like, so you've taken little snippets from uh, just the different people that you meet. And I've given a lot of like, I basically painted your dad out to be Maverick from Top Gun. What about, did you grow up also with a mother? Did you like, what about that part of it? Was there any of that like that helped you? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, yeah, my mom um, definitely was, you know, one of the, the key reasons that, that I, you know, I grew up, I guess to, to be a little bit more mature, um, you know, she, she, uh, she stayed at home and she was always there to help me with my homework and, and always there to, uh, always just taking care of us. She, you know, she did everything. So, um, you know, having, having the relationship with her and, and my dad being there as well was, was key and, um, and helping me grow up really. They, they, uh, they were a great impact on me. Yeah. I mean, Kudos to your mom and dad. I mean, they did a tremendous job. Um, you and your brother are the only ones I know of. Do you have any other siblings? Yeah, I have, a, I have an older sister. Um, her name's Megan. She um, she graduated Harper Horsham as well. Okay. Um, yes. I know the name, but I don't I don't think I had her in class. But tremendous job. Uh, great parents. Uh, tremendous role models for you know in every in every aspect. Um, I want to shift tides real quick, John. Um, we talked a little bit about some of these things, but there was a moment in your life where you decided that you were going to be a pilot. And then there was a moment when maybe you got accepted to flight school or something like that. And then there was a first time that you got to ride in an aircraft. Can you explain that journey and what that sort of like first time feeling was like? Oh, it's amazing. So I, uh, growing up, like I said, um, you know, my, my dad was, a, he was an aviator so he he was a uh, goose from top gun i always you know wanted to be a pilot yeah. i always wanted to be working around aviation so that's that's kind of my my nerd zone is, is aviation <laughs> i love everything about it so um especially you know when i was at west point like you know like i said i i 
pretty much dropped everything to try to get good, good grades to be able to um, become a pilot. And, okay. and I did. And so when I, when I found out that I was going to, that I was going to be do it, be doing it, um, it was, it was amazing. And I knew um, it was going to be a tough journey and I, it was going to be a lot of fun. And uh, yeah, I'd say the first time that, um, cause so when you go to flight school, there's a lot of, a lot of stuff in between you yeah. showing up and then you actually starting to fly. Um, yeah. just you know, going to SEER school and a lot of the basic officer stuff that you got to learn along the way. Um, so it was about six months after I showed up was the first time um, that I got in the cockpit and they basically, they, they put you in the, they put you in the cockpit with the instructor um, and you don't know anything about, you know, how to fly a helicopter. So they, they basically take you all the way up about a thousand feet and uh, they just, they give you the controls and let you start to figure it out. Um, <laughs> it, was, it was amazing. It was, uh, it was St. Patrick's day the first time I flew and I knew it was a, uh, it was a good day for me. Um, as a, as an Irish man, yeah, but John has a lot uh, of freckles for you that don't know. He's definitely an Irish boy. Yeah. yeah so, <laughs> wow. That's awesome, man. For, uh, yeah, St. So Patrick's was, day. Wow. Yeah. The, uh, the feeling was, it was, it was amazing. Um, it's a big adrenaline rush, um, especially that you don't really know how to fly it and, uh, <laughs> and you're, you're on the controls. You're, you're just, you know, trying to figure it out so it's a it's definitely a big adrenaline rush and then um you know from there that's when it gets difficult you know because then it's you know it's on you to you know start figuring out and making those those uh those neural connections of yeah. you know how to how to actually fly it well john how does it like your dad was in an airplane correct yeah, yeah. And, so, and you're yeah. in a helicopter. So how does that like you say flight school? Like, do they just like flip a coin if it's if it's like heads, you go to the helicopter, tails, you go to the airplanes? Like, how does that work? So um, Army flight school is a little bit different than um, the Air Force and the Navy um, and the Air Force and Navy. They, they start you off on a, on a little single engine airplane. OK. Um, and, you know, they do the same thing. They, they teach you you know how to fly at the most basic level. Yep. Um, but being a fixed wing airplane in the air force and the Navy. Um, and in those branches, you, you, you learn everything fixed wing and then you will pick your, uh, the airframe that you're going to fly okay. as, as an officer. Um, and in those branches, most of what the Navy and air force flies are fixed wing. So in the army, it's a little bit different because, uh, most of what the army flies are, are helicopters. Okay. Um, Predominantly the the H sixty the Blackhawk, okay. um, the CH forty seven Chinook and the H sixty four Apache. Um, so, in the Army, when you show up at flight school, they start you off. They teach you how to fly a helicopter. Um, so we, there's only there's there's only a handful of, of fixed wing airplanes in the Army. Okay. Um, and you can select those after you after you first learn how to fly the the trainer. All right helicopter but um for us they teach you how to fly helicopter and from there you know i i selected the uh, the apache so start off on a trainer and then um you know depending on you know how you do in that school you can you can pick your your airframe and then um and then you learn in the actual airframe that you picked as well okay so when you say airframe you're you're are you talking about the model or yeah yeah the model so okay. so for me i you know i learned on the trainer um, and I, I, I did well in the, in the, the trainer helicopter. And then from there, I, I selected the Apache as the, uh, the helicopter that I want to fly, um, in the army. And then they teach you on the, they, they teach you on the Apache and you go through that, 
that part of flight school as well. And then once you're done, you, you graduate flight school, you get your wings, and then um, you're off to off to your first duty station. Okay. So they taught you on the Apache, you said? Yes. And that is what what is, what is it that you specialize in now? So I'm, I'm a, uh, an Apache pilot. So okay. It's the the A64, um, the attack helicopter for for the army. How does the um, how does the Apache differ from other helicopters in the military? What is its uh, and and again, we're not looking for Pentagon secrets or anything like that. Just like in general, <laughs> right. like something that's common knowledge. Right. Right. So the uh, the Apache is um, it's the attack helicopter. So it's it's outfitted with um, you know 30 millimeter gun. Um, and rockets and hellfire missiles um so you you learn a lot of you know a lot of weaponeering and um so a lot of it is you know you, you learn you learn how to fly um just like all the other helicopters but then there's a lot of uh, weaponeering that goes into it as well because you're you're a flying um, weapons platform um, okay so there's uh you know there's extra there's extra training there because you have to maintain proficiency um as you know not only a pilot but um, as someone that's that's managing all the weapon systems, and uh, yeah, and it's 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 a lot of work sometimes. Sure, I'm sure, <clears throat> I'm sure it's ever changing too. I mean, as the technology increases, um, like how do you? So you become an Apache pilot, and like I'm such a novice, John. But like, do you get put into like a hat or something? And like, when a mission comes up, they pick your name, or is there like a a list that you become like you're next up, or you know you're up in a couple of missions or how does that work? Or, so I mean, and, and only uh, say what you can say, obviously. So, uh, a lot of, a lot of how that works is, is, um, you know, really like what my, my actual job is, is, you know, being a platoon leader. Um, so right. when, uh, you know, if, if, if something happens or, um, if our unit is tasked with a mission, um, basically the, the officers in the unit are the ones that generate, the orders and that would be you know a commander he generates the orders and um from there the you know the the officers beneath him um you know you know decide you know what what the mission um how, how we're going to accomplish the mission basically so right. um from there that's that's where a lot of um you know the coordination and uh, knowing your people comes into comes into play that's that's a lot of uh that's you know commander and, and platoon leader work is you know deciding what's right for for this mission um and for us uh we're you know we're, we we train it all the time but um it's it's uh that's that's pretty much what what my job goes into is is knowing your people and uh knowing how how we can accomplish the mission with uh who and what we have okay John, has there been a moment in any time in this process where you were like, you got the shit scared out of you and you were like, this isn't for me? Like, did that ever cross your mind or come close to that? I would I, I absolutely <laughs> have had the shit scared out of me um, many times, um, especially early on. There were there were some some times where, you know, things went wrong and mm -hmm. it was it was, uh, you know it was rough, but, uh, I don't, I don't think there was ever a moment where I, I didn't think it was for me. I, I, I wouldn't say I like the adrenaline rush. No one likes, um, you know, almost having a situation that, that, you know, could be, um, could be deadly, but I'd say that, um, knowing it's, knowing it's stuff that happens when, uh, 
when it's you're, you're doing a job that's that's you know inherently dangerous it's stuff that has to happen to you um for you to learn and for uh for you to avoid those situations in the future yeah um it's it's a lot of it's you know not necessarily decision making in the moment that you learn from those kinds of incidents but you learn how to how to prevent and how to prepare for them um because you know when when, when things go wrong your what takes over is going to be your, your training and your instincts absolutely so, so that's that's uh that's how that's how you i say that's how you learn those things the best and you learn about yourself and you know how how you react to that situation and how you can prepare for a situation like that or something similar in the future okay um so we need those experiences and, and that that's like that's anything in life right like you want to you want to put yourself in uncomfortable situations so that, um, you know, when, when the time comes, you, you know how you're going to react and, and you know how, um, you can, you can do better in the future. So would you say, John, would you say that most of your, um, times that you've been put in those situations have been like simulation training or have you been, um, and again, you know, you obviously can't talk about much or whatever, but, um, have you been, have you done missions in other countries? Have you, have you gone out and been tasked to do some of those things? No. So I, I haven't been on any combat deployments or anything. So most of the, uh, most of the, the incidents that have been, you know, not necessarily near, near death situations, but have been, um, serious and, mm-hmm. and, you know, cause a, you know, you know, been, been a close call have been in training, um, um, and, and specifically, I'd say the, the one that I remember the most was when I was still in, in the trainer helicopter and, and there was just, uh, some confusion in, in the traffic pattern. And that's, that's basically the circle that you fly around the airfield, okay. um, while you're, while you're just learning how to fly. And my instructor was, was demonstrating, um, a maneuver. And, uh, you know, as we were, as we were coming down, someone basically tried to cross the lane in their helicopter, they tried to cross the lane, uh, right in front of us. Wow. And we were, um, we were basically doing a, a maneuver called an auto rotation, uh, where the, the helicopter is basically the, the engines, um, at idle. It's, mm-hmm. it's nearly powered off and you're just doing a, you're basically just falling. Um, okay. An auto rotation is, you know, how you, how you recover a helicopter when you lose an engine. And, okay. uh, and basically they crossed right in front of us and it was, we, we probably came within, uh, 50 feet from from striking them um, which would have been a it would have been a it would have been a bad crash um, yeah. and, and that was that was a, a situation where I learned a lot from because um, we did we me and me and my instructor pilot were we were doing everything right and just some confusion with the, that other person they weren't they weren't really paying attention they weren't uh, talking on the radios correctly and okay. and that's where you gotta it's, it's a heightened sense of awareness that um, when you're when you're doing maneuvers like that yeah. and, and just generally being at the controls, it, it, it teaches you um, the, the type of stuff that you got to pay attention for because you're not, when, when stuff like that happens, you're not, it's not gonna, it's not just gonna, you know, pop out right at you. You gotta, yeah. you gotta have a sense of awareness to notice them. Um, so like that, that's crazy. Um, thank God you're okay. And um, both, you know, both helicopters and obviously that would have been catastrophic and i'm just super glad that that incident didn't happen but how do you feel like what's your mindset now like being in the army um you're obviously one of the few one of the select people that can fly the aircraft that you can fly 
um, you know, if there were something to happen where the United States got involved, like, do you are you just ready to go at moment's notice? I mean, how does that how does that work on your psyche, and is that even a thing? Yeah, I'd say every unit's a little bit different. Um, every unit has their their specific mission that um, you know when it comes down from from all the way from the top, and and it's decided that that something needs to be done. Um, every unit has a, a specific role that they play. Um, uh, and that's, that's what we train for. Right. So when we, when we go on training missions, that's, um, it, it, it's not, it's not great being away from your family just for training. And it's not great, um, you know, having to, having to prepare for it, but that is what we prepare for is, um, you know, if, if something, if something happens that we're ready to go at a moment's notice, yeah. um, and, and that you're, you're training up to that point has set you up so that you can, you can accomplish the mission and, and, uh, give it your best and, and have the best chance to, uh, to, to make it out and, uh, and just, and just accomplish the mission and survive. Yeah, absolutely. Man, it's hard to hear you say that. Cause it's like, God, I mean, that gets kids go off to school and do these things in their life. And, you know, I don't know, you're just a kid. That's such a great leader. And, um, that, one of the main reasons I wanted to have you on this podcast, but like the thought that you could go out at any time and, you know, you really don't know if you're coming back and, and, you know, all the time and money and the, the, the government has, has been training that they put into you. It's like, it, it's, it's unreal to, to really think about and compare it to like the kid that's doing sales now or marketing. You know what I mean? It's like, you know, everybody has their thing and stuff, but man, kudos to you. And like, hats off man like what a freaking like you're and i was thinking this morning as i was riding my bike through the hills through the mountains not really mountains but busted my butt so i thought i was like you know what i'm doing this i'm doing this today for the fourth of july for john o'malley because he could at any time go off into no man's land and and who knows what could happen and like i need to push myself so like you alone like just being who you are and and knowing who you are like inspired me even just a little bit and i know that i'm not the only one that you've inspired so i want to thank you for that john seriously i appreciate that um and i mean that i'm not making that up it's not a fairy tale like i was i probably look like an idiot i'm in my head i'm listening to some music and i'm like you know pumping myself up like it's some sort of top gun training scenario but i do want to ask you when you're in one of those helicopters man like what's it like to and again only say what you can but like when you fire a missile like what is that like i mean just for training purposes like what the heck i mean is it like the first time you press that button or whatever the heck it is like what does that feel like i mean is that empowering is it scary is it like holy shit like what what is that it's i i would say for anybody that's that's ever you know i i i grew up and i loved i loved uh you know going to the shooting range and and you know, operating basic weapons, but, um, anybody that loves shooting, it, it is, uh, it's, it's a really, really cool feeling, um, firing, you know, rockets and, and the gun from a helicopter. It's, yeah. it's, it's really awesome. Um, just seeing, you know, not, not just, uh, you know, what your, your training and your, and your studying can yeah. accomplish, but, um, it's, it's knowing that, you know, what you, uh, what you train for and, and what you're doing is um, not only a lot of fun, but it's, it, it is definitely um, it's humbling. It really is humbling to see what, 
what the uh, what the aircraft can do sometimes. It's it's uh, pretty crazy. Um, it is it is a it's a pretty amazing experience. I'm I'm just thinking about you right now, John, and I'm thinking of like a city. Would you like? Are you the kind of pilot that could like drop into a city like New York City and like go in and out of the buildings? Is that is that <laughs> helicopter capable of something like that? So I'd say uh, it'd be a pretty pretty disastrous situation if, we, if you ever found a, an Apache uh, going in and out of buildings in New York City. <laughs> okay, uh, okay. It definitely. So, I'm naive. In, in certain areas, it can. That's definitely not allowed. But sure, sure, I, yeah, absolutely. I, no, I'm not suggesting it. <laughs> to any military people out there, I'm not suggesting. I'm just curious. Like any city in the world, like could you go in and out of buildings? Does it have that maneuverability? Like what is, you know, I'm just curious. Yeah. So, uh, you know, when you're training for, for, uh, you know, fighting, fighting an enemy that, that has, um, anti-aircraft capabilities, one of the, you know, the main things you're trying to do is you're trying to fly low and mask the aircraft. So whether it be in a, in, in trees or valleys and canyons, um, staying low and, um, ensuring that whoever's on the ground or whatever, um, anti-aircraft, capabilities that they have can't see you while you're while you're moving um yeah. so that's that's one of the that's one of the main things that we that we train all the time but we don't do it in the cities we you know we have we have a big training area that we that we fly around and and uh basically just get comfortable with flying you know, 50 feet over the trees and through um valleys and stuff like that because that's that's what we would be doing if, if there was a situation where you know we were in new york city like you said we, we would have to be doing that. Um, so that's, uh, that's stuff that we train for all the time, actually. Okay. I mean, <clears throat> I'm thinking right now, John, like if you pulled up outside of my house right now on one of these things and you're like, Hey, you know what, Mr. Shields, uh, or Jim, as you call me now, you want to hop in this thing and take it for a spin, which obviously it's illegal. You would never do. I would shoot that thing up to heaven and probably it would explode. Like I have no idea what I'm doing. I'd be nervous. I'd be scared. How comfortable? How comfortable are you flying a helicopter these days? Does it compare to a car? I mean, is it is it is it like that? What is it like? It's definitely it definitely um, the comfort level doesn't compare to a car. Just you can't you can't um, you know tally up all the hours that you've spent in a car. But if you did, it would be some crazy number. Right. So you're especially you know what whatever whatever car you drive and what you specifically are comfortable with. Um, and, and helicopters and, and even, you know, all aviation, every, every hour that you spend, um, flying is it's tallied up in hours um, that you've spent. Right. Um, and I'm, I'm not, I'm not, uh, I don't have that many hours, so I, I haven't spent that much time, um, in the helicopter. I'm definitely not near as comfortable in a, in a, in a helicopter, especially the Apache as I am, you know, just driving my car to and from work every day. Right. Um, and that's, there's, you know, a lot of time and a lot of training and, uh, a lot of studying that, that I'll have to put in to, to achieve that comfort. Well, a lot of people, I know people listening right now, they're like, all right, this dude's like Maverick He's a top gun. Like a lot of time, like if you saw Top Gun, like even the old one, John, um, Maverick yeah. jumps out on a, like he's got a motorcycle. That's his land car. So we're all picturing you right now sitting on the beach in Hawaii, like in this really cool car. So what is a helicopter pilot in the military drive? Are we talking like a Mustang? Are you in a Lamborghini? What are you, what are you sitting in right now? Right now I'm sitting in a rented forerunner, which by the way, <laughs> amazing. Not They're not bad. They're not bad at all. 
but um, the uh, the stereotype for um, the I'd say the the Apache community is is big lifted trucks, Heck which yeah. I, I do drive a truck. It's not big or lifted, just a regular <laughs> truck with a bed. But that's not the yet. Um, <laughs> not, not yet. Yeah. But uh, that, that's the, the stereotype is, is they drive they drive big lifted trucks. A lot of a lot of motorcycle, a lot of motorcycle riders too. But okay. um, but that's the that's the stereotype for sure. All right. Uh, John, John, I have to say this, um, lift the truck school. I have, I have one myself, but, um, and I'm not a pilot. I have to say you're a guy that, um, in high school you had a, uh, I guess we could call her a mate, a girlfriend. Is that, is that okay to say? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I did. I did have a girlfriend in high school. Uh, okay. you, you know her. I did know her. Um, do you still talk to her now? We are married now. Okay. That's what I'm getting at. Listen, people, it, there is hope. I see these relationships in high school all the time. I'm like, that's not going to work. That's not going to work. That'll never work. And yours worked, man. What is the yeah, secret? Yeah, what is this? Sure. You are the all-American couple that got married, and like, it really is like this Top Gun fantasy. Life. Like, what? What? What happened? Man? How did? It, how did this happen? What a wonderful, wonderful girl she is. Um, tell us about your awesome wife, if you want to. Yeah, so so Lauren and I, uh, we we started dating in high school, and and uh, we definitely had a we had a great relationship. We we get along so well, and, and we 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 click so well. Hold on, John. Um, I'm gonna stop you right there. How did you meet? What what how so, did, how did it happen? I'd, I we well you we better have an other. answer here. She's listening. I know she's listening. You better know so, this answer. So <laughs> we knew each other, okay? Because um, we we went through we went through elementary school and everything together. So we'd, we'd been in school together for a long time, but I don't think I, I ever really talked to her until um, about eighth grade. And we, we rode the same bus, which is super cute. You know, <laughs> that's like, that's the, that's the, the classic, um, the classic story that I'd say we both go with is that we met, um, we rode the same bus and that's, that's pretty much how we, how we became friends and, and got you know comfortable enough with each other that we, yeah. you know, we, we wanted to start, we wanted to start dating. Wow, and then uh, and then yeah, from there we we you know our, our relationship just got better and better, and uh, we made it all the way through college. Um, she went to um, Del Val, so she she stayed in in Horsham while she was in college, yeah. and uh, and I was in New York, not too far away. So we got to see each other on weekends and and spend a good amount of time with each other. Um, so I wouldn't really call it distance um, because we we got to see each other so frequently, but um, it lasted you know, through West Point and that, that made the relationship that much stronger. Yeah. Um, and then we, uh, we got married the summer after we both graduated college. That's amazing. I, you know, it's funny. I live about eight seconds from DelVal and, um, I did not know that she went there, but now that you say yeah. that, I'm like, yeah, I think she's like, is she in like equestrian and stuff like that? I think a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. She, she is, um, a big equestrian. She, she rides dressage and she was on the, uh, the dressage team at, at Del Val and, All right, you're uh, saying dressage. Nobody knows what that is. John, can you tell us what the, what you're talking about? You gotta have you gotta have one or two equestrian listeners, but <laughs> maybe we'll see. But uh, dressage, dressage. Is, uh, it's uh, it's if you ever watch the Olympics and you've seen the the horses dancing, that's what she says. That's 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 <laughs> dressage. Okay. Wow, uh, the horses <laughs> dancing. All right. Yeah, that's that's what she does. All right, I got to tell you a story real quick, and this is for Lauren. Um, she could possibly be sitting in the seat next to you. I have no idea. Probably not. Um, 
about I'm a humongous um, yard sale advocate. I go to lot lots of yard sales. Take my kids. I I just most of the things I have in my life are from yard sales. I was at a yard sale about four years ago, and um, I don't know. I was looking at these like somewhere in Horsham, and I, I saw these like Hess trucks, or I, I forget what it was. I think I had my kids with me, and I start talking to this older guy, and you know I get talking to him. I'm a nice person. I talk to people, and it ended up. That it was, I, I forget exactly, but I think it was Lauren's, maybe grandfather. Does that make sense? Does he live? Yeah, that, that it, it definitely could be. His name was, uh, his name was was Rich. Yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, probably. Um, we started talking about her. We started talking about you, and I'm like, oh my god, I know them both. They're such amazing wow. people. And he said to me, he said, oh yeah. He's like, you know that. He's like, you know John. He said, he's going to be a politician someday. He's going to be a senator. I was like, you know what? You're probably right. So no. number one, um, <laughs> what do you think about him saying that? What a great guy. I don't know. I don't know if he's still alive or not. I know he's an older fella. Awesome guy. Um, what What do you know about him? And he had some great things to say about you. And and is there any truth to that to that statement that he made? <laughs> I, so yeah, Pop is Pop is still around. I yes. haven't seen him in uh, in, in about uh, I'd say six months since since I've been home. Uh, His name's Rich. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Richard. Uh, he uh, awesome. He's a great guy. Super he, great guy. We, I've known him since you know since me and Lauren were you know in high school and just dating. Um, yes. And he he is a he's a guy that I love talking to him. He he was um, he was in the army as well, and he. Uh, he is just a, a guy that's he's, he's filled with so much love and, and he um, he he really 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 cares about his family and, and it's really important to to him that um, you know that we are you know staying in touch with him and, yeah. and we just love talking to him. He's he's such an amazing person. Yes, um, I'm pretty sure he gave my kids like a free like airplane or Hess truck. I, I don't even know what it was, but he I was talking yeah. for like a half hour and he's like, oh no, take the what a, I mean. It, you know, I, I've been to like 150 yard sales since, but I mean, I remember him and that was, that was awesome. Yeah. Too. It was very cool. Um, yeah, for sure. so what, like, how's the, um, so Lauren is with you now, you're married, you guys are, you're living on the islands. What, what's Hawaii like? So when I was, uh, Hawaii is amazing. It is just, it's, it's unreal. Um, it's, I, uh, I basically was really 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 doing my best in flight school to be able to, to get stationed in hawaii because you get to pick your duty station um based on you know how you do in, yeah. in the school and that was that was like in the forefront of my mind was that mm -hmm. i really want to get stationed here um i grew up i grew up surfing in new jersey and wow. i i never got to surf enough so that was my uh my my number one thing that i was thinking about was was you know i, I get to get stationed there and and you know surf however many times I want to a week, um, for three years. So it's, it's, it's worked out well. We, uh, we bought a place in, uh, in a small town on the West side of the Island and, and, uh, you know, you know, I get to go surfing, you know, three or four times a week and it's, it's, you know, it's, it's everything I pictured. It's, it's amazing. That's amazing. Um, I am an amateur surfer myself. When I say amateur, I mean a real amateur, like I've surfed nine times tops. Um, I did surf in Hawaii, uh, not Jaws in Maui, but it was on Maui, like <laughs> Lanai or something. Or, I'm sorry, Lahaina. Um, 
Yeah. Have yeah. you done any, like, what's the biggest wave that you've surfed so far? Like, what is your comfort level? Yeah, by, by no means am I a big wave surfer. <laughs> I didn't think so, I, but you never I, know. I'm super comfortable on a longboard because um, that's, you know, that's what's what I grew up riding. Yep. Um, I, I've definitely improved my my surfing on, on a shortboard while I'm out here. Um, but big waves for me are, you know, the, the 8 to 10 is when I, I go out and I am scared. I yeah i i've gone out in waves that are about eight to ten and you know it's it's fun i've I've caught the waves but it is definitely it's humbling the ocean is um is a is a beast especially out here and uh and uh yeah so that's that's definitely where my comfort level is at and i I don't think that's going to change i'm not i'm not looking to you know become a the next big wave surfer i i love you know riding the the four to five, five to six waves and, and just cruising. That's, that's, that's what I like to do. Yeah. No, I, I hear you. I mean, I, I did a couple of times down in Costa Rica, like some long, I don't even know what you call them, but the waves that last forever, like, you know, a minute on, on a longboard. And it was some of the cool, like they had to drag me out of the ocean. Like those few days that I did that, it was amazing. Um, so yeah. fun. And, and I, I could imagine like I could really get into it um, out there. Uh, and you said you bought a place. Like, are you planning on staying out in Hawaii for a while, John? Uh, I mean, I absolutely would stay out here. I don't. I don't think it would be the best option for for me and Lauren as a family. Yeah. Um, she. It, it's the island is the island is great. It doesn't necessarily have um, you know what what Lauren would like um, in the future. And and I I totally agree. It's 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 very cramped. It's it's small. Yeah. Um, you can't really get enough space for her to you know do what she wants. Um, right. And. Uh, it's it's a place that i would i would stay and i would love to you know come back here regularly and uh yeah but we, we bought a place um just for you know I, i'm i'm really into you know fixing up houses and, and doing work and uh we we bought the place that uh we you know we we knew we'd be okay um you know like money wise living yeah. in it based on on what um allowance i'm afforded while I'm in the military for right. housing and uh it was uh definitely a fixer-upper so we're we're still we're still working on the house and and um doing a lot of work and having guests is uh is you know one of the things that that makes it take a while but we, we love having guests but yeah. we, the first thing we worked on was you know we gotta we gotta make the the guest bathroom real nice and we gotta you know, fix up <laughs> the bedrooms for for our visitors so yeah. i think uh you know, in, in the next in the next couple months, we're gonna be we're gonna be doing a lot of housework. Yeah, you can put Cheerios in the toilet too. It helps with the aim <laughs> for your friends. It might help keep it clean. Um, no, that's that's awesome. I was thinking back to you in high school. Did you have? I know you had Mr. Pompey, maybe even Mr. Killian. Do you remember those guys? And did they help you at all in your woodworking uh, adventures? I did. I had both of them. Um, Okay. For uh, you know, I took the technical drawing class and I took the uh, the woodworking class as well. Yeah. Um, I I did a, I did a little bit of, of woodworking and and just generally like building things and helping around the house when I was a kid. So yeah. that's what I you know I learned I learned how to use tools and and just very very basics. Um, but you know, taking Mr. Pompey's class was was a lot of fun. Get, getting to use some more you know shop style tools, not necessarily um, the stuff that, yeah. that my dad had lying around the house, and that's. <laughs> So that made me a little bit, that made me a lot more comfortable, um, in, in the aspect of, you know, we didn't, we didn't build that many things, but just getting exposed to tools in a shop that, you know, I now, you know, I have, I have, um, you know, I got, I got plenty of tools that, that, you know, helped me when I was in flight school, I built a lot of furniture and stuff and, 
and that that exposure to that that stuff was uh was huge for me um so shout out mr pompey that was an awesome class what a great dude he's i mean he's still crushing it at the school i mean he's amazing he's just done so many good things and he's such a positive dude um yeah that that, that's good i've seen some of the things you've built online on social media and very impressive keep up the good work man um i have a couple more questions for you john before we get out of here i know you got a you got some stuff going on i want to i don't want to keep you all day here but um i do want to ask you this what makes a person in the military specifically the army different than um, a civilian in your own words that's tough um especially because the you know the military is is a reflection of the the civilian population but i'd say that um when you know when you when you raise your right hand and and um, repeat that oath, mm-hmm. whether it's um, you know, the oath of enlistment or the uh, the officer's oath, then uh, I'd say it gives you definitely a sense of a sense of understanding for for what um, what past generations have have done and gone through, and a sense of pride. Um, yeah. Because it, I'd say the the civilian population knows knows a lot about the military through through movies or whether they're related to somebody or um, they just generally have, you know, a good understanding of, of what the military life is like. Yeah. Um, it, it definitely gives you, I'd say that the, the people in the military have a, have a, a sense of, of connection and pride to, um, those that have come before us and those that have, uh, you know, made sacrifices that not all of us have, have necessarily had to make. So it, it, it definitely is, uh, it's humbling Yeah, is what I'd say for, for everybody um, that, you know, that has that understanding of, of who has come before you and, and what has uh, was needed to be done for for our, our country to to be the way that it is. Yeah. And it's a pretty amazing country. I mean, like it's 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 interesting because no matter where you are, you'll have people complaining about these things. But if you really look at the grand scheme of things um, and you look around the world, I mean, we really have it pretty good. Um, the things that like, even the things that get me down and, and bother me on, on my worst days, um, it's still like a privilege to, to even have those things as like worst days because the freedoms that, that were allotted because of our military. And, um, it, it honestly, John, it's people like you that, um, are out there, you know, yeah, you're in Hawaii now you're training, you know, every week to potentially go into battle and protect us and, so people like me don't even have to think about it. I mean, that's such a an honorable thing. And you talk so much about the people before you and how much you respect them. But but the reality is, yeah, absolutely, we all respect them. But um, you know, you're the one. You right now are the one that you know keeps us uh, not really thinking about it. And that's, I mean, that's that's a huge thing. Like we don't have to think about um, too much anyway. We don't really have to think about our safety. We don't have to think about going to the doctor or driving down the road or going on vacation and, and being safe. I mean, it's, it's, it's pretty amazing what, uh, you know, what you've allotted us in, in the army and, and the other branches. So, um, I just want to thank you for that. I mean, it's, it's an amazing life that we live here in the United States and, um, I'm just happy to be, be a part of it. So thank you for that. Yeah, I appreciate that. I really do. Um, it, it is, it is a it's a great place to live and we, we all have problems and you know the the 
you know, state of, of what's going on in our country. Everything's not perfect, but no. um, you know, in, in the grand scheme of things, we, we have a lot to be thankful for. And, and, uh, and I'd say that, you know, that's, that's something that, you know, everybody from all walks of life and, and whatever their, um, you know, political alliances or, um, you know, what they, what they see and what they want the country to do better. Um, I'd say that it's, there's still a lot to be thankful for. And, and it's, uh, it's, it's a good, you know, this is a good weekend to, to be thinking about those things. It is. And, and that's, uh, that's one of the reasons why I wanted to bring you on and, and uh, talk about that for sure to, you know, just to remind people of like the reason that we get to live these lives and get to do the things that I just got back with my, my good childhood friends, uh, high school, college friends. We went to Moab, Utah, mountain biked, got on these dune buggies, did all this cool stuff and like didn't think about anything. But, you know, I, I, I just wanted to, that's why I wanted to come back and, and talk to someone like you on the 4th of July and, and just thank you for allowing us to be able to do that and have that fun and not really, not really worry about that stuff. Um, John, a couple more things I wanted to add, and I want to get you out of here. You've been sitting in that car. Hopefully it's not too hot. Um, just like two or three more things. Number one, we talked earlier about this, um, seer school and like, you know, me, I teach survival. I love it. Um, could you tell us anything about seer school and like what your experience was like, either like going into it? Were you nervous? Like, cause, cause seer school, for those of you that don't know, John talked about it earlier, but like if you end up going down sometime and like every movie that pretty much was ever made, but um, you know, you have to be able to survive for a certain amount of time and evade, you know, the bad guys and, and get rescued home. So like, what did you take from, from seer school? Any, anything that you can mention or um, anything that was like interesting? Yeah. So um, yeah, a lot of the stuff uh, I can't, I can't really talk about like the specifics, but Absolutely. the school, it, the school itself is definitely like one of the, the most awesome schools that you can go to in, in the military. Um, and that's, you know, obviously I haven't, I haven't been to, to many schools and I, I don't have that much military experience, but from people that were, you know, in the same class as me, they, they said that this is, you know, one of the best experiences they've had and not all of it is great, but you, you learn so much about yourself yeah. Um, in those situations that, um, and, and it's, it's a really, it's a really great classroom school too. Yeah. Um, and, and, and you're, you're all too familiar with, with what it's like, um, teaching that type of stuff in the classroom and, and then going out and doing it and seeing what, um, the challenges are for people. And, uh, it really, you know, ultimately it's, it's just a school where you learn to see how you'd react in those situations and, and how you can reflect on that and, and make it better based on what they teach you. Um, so it's, it's such a, it's such a great lab for you to learn, um, all those, all those great things that you, 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 you can't put yourself in an actual situation, but you can put yourself in a, in a situation to see what your, what your response would be and, uh, how to learn from them. Yeah. That's amazing. Uh, <clears throat> very cool stuff. Um, it, it's such a, it's awesome that they have that embedded in the military. I've just always been, had a personal interest in that on a side note, <clears throat> I'm a little shocked, and I do follow you on social media. I won't throw that out there or anything right now, but <clears throat> the amount of White Claws that you and your friend group drink in, is that, I thought the Army might be against that. Is that not the case? I have to say that uh, <laughs> that that my wife, Lauren, might be the uh, might be the culprit for the White Claws. She yeah. is a, she is a, she's a large, large partaker of the White Claws, <laughs> but the, uh, yeah, I, 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 I say that uh, we like to have fun. We, we, we have a good time. 
over at the O'Malley household. No, um, absolutely. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a beer guy myself, but, but I'll, I'll, I'll have a white claw or two every once in a while. Uh, absolutely. You can't hold back. Um, and Lauren, shout out to you for, um, you know, teaching John some of the finer things in life. And we appreciate that. Um, I will say, John, uh, there is a book that I read somewhat recently and it's called, um, da, 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 da. Oh, Simon Sinek leaders eat last. Um, you may, may or may not have heard of it. Probably too busy flying, uh, you know, helicopters around and stuff, keeping us safe. But, um, he talks about something and he gives a lot of military examples and he talks about this mindset that a lot of leaders have, um, not just in the military, but it comes from the military in that leaders are always sort of, um, <clears throat> geared up to let all of the people in front of them eat before they kind of eat. It's, it's sort of like a mindset and metaphorical mindset. Um, have you ever heard of that? And is that anything that resonates with you at all? Like, is that part of your training at all? Yeah. So, um, you know, metaphorically that, that definitely is true in, in everyday life and, and even, um, even literally, um, going through, going through your training, yeah. you learn it's, it's not necessarily trained, but it's, you know, when it's, when it's happening, like literally when everyone is eating, yep. um, you know, those who are in charge, it's, it's, uh, I'd say it's, it's more than a courtesy. It's, it's a, it's, uh, you know, it's, that's the culture is that, um, you know, you, you're going to let your subordinates, um, eat first and, you know, ensure that everyone is fed. And that's, that's part of, I, I don't know if that's an army thing or if that's, you know, all across the military, it definitely is. It is, um, that's an army thing for sure. Um, yeah. but literally, you know, leaders eating last, but, you know, in, in your, your everyday job duties as, as a platoon leader as well, it's, it's others first. Um, and that's, that's, it's really, um, just, a it, like you said, it, it's a mindset and it, it, uh, it is the, you know, the way that you prioritize your duties throughout the day is, <clears throat> is you're, you're making sure that, um, everyone's taken care of because that's, that's, that's ultimately your job is, is making sure that others are taken care of and, and what, what they need to accomplish in their, um, their everyday tasks that they're resourced for that. So you gotta, that's, that's where your, your, um, your daily, you know, routine comes from is, is checking on, on the guys that, that you're in charge of and, and making sure that they are, uh, that they're resourced and that they're, they're doing okay. And then, you know, from there, that's when you can, you know, start, start working on your own stuff. So it's, it's, metaphorically and and literally yeah. that is that is uh definitely a military culture thing that we have going on yeah that's awesome i i just love hearing that and it's like um it, it's cool that you kind of like put that into your own words and and i read a lot of this stuff and i wonder sometimes like is that is that a real thing or is that just like a but like you said metaphorically and literally it's it's pretty true and that's that's amazing um getting down to the end here john what does the 4th of July, and this is a special edition. I usually launch these podcasts every Thursday, but I'm like, you know what? 4th of July, I know this kid who flies these military hel helicopters around, and I want to talk to him. And you said yes, so what does the 4th of July mean to you, and how are you celebrating it this year? So to me, it, it, it means spending time with family and reflecting on on what's important. Um, and growing up, we, we always spent 4th of July on the Jersey Shore. Okay. Um, We'd always, uh, you know, we'd, we'd wake up early and go go check stuff out, and then, you know, I'd I'd spend a lot of the day surfing actually, and uh, I I think I'm gonna carry on that tradition. I think tomorrow we're gonna we're gonna get back tonight to uh, to Oahu, and uh, you know we'll, we'll probably grill out, take some stuff to the beach, 
um, and just just hang out and 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 be family because uh, that's to me that's that's what's important is um, you know spending time with with those that are important to us on on a day that you know you're you're supposed to celebrate and and reflect on um, you know what what privileges and and what um, freedom that we have. It's amazing, John. Um, I love you know, your values and, and the way that you incorporate family in, into everything. And everything you said today is exactly what I remember from you in high school. And it's just amplified now and the military has done you well. Um, I'm super proud to, to know who you are and, and honestly more proud that you are one of the ones protecting me and my family and, and the United States of America. And on this 4th of July, man, I, I thought that it was just like, I, no matter if I had to get up at three in the morning to interview you, whatever the time shift was, I was doing it. I needed to talk to you. And I think um, I thank you. America thanks you. And um, you're the kind of leader that this country just needs, man. So I don't know if Lauren's um, grandfather is, you know, on to any truth or anything like that. But man, I hope that you are doing some leadership role after you get out of the military someday, because my vote is with you, John O'Malley. <laughs> I, don't, I, I appreciate all that. Yeah. I, I, I don't know if, if politics are for me, but I definitely, um, you know, in, in the same, in the same aspect that, that you're, you're such a great leader um, for, for young people. That's, I think that's, that's where my, uh, where my wheelhouse lies is, is, um, you know, at, at, at the, the levels where you can impact uh, young people and, and, yeah. you know, help them, help them become a better version of themselves. That's, I'd say that's more where my wheelhouse lies. And, and I, I'd say that's, that's, you know, hopefully I, that's something I'd like to take from you as, as a, as a great teacher and a great uh, leader in your own, um, in your own aspect, especially um, with all the things that you do in high school. That's, that's definitely something that I would like to, to carry on and, and do, do someday for sure. Uh, and, and, Thank you for the kind words, John. Um, absolutely, you will do that um, no matter what you do. Um, a lot of future politicians have to be modest and say that they're not going to do it when they end up on the campaign trail. And you just let me know when you need any kind of every good campaign trail needs a survival specialist. You let me know when you're ready and I'll be out there to help you. Um, in all honesty, John, good luck in whatever you do. Say hi to Lauren, say hi to your parents. Um, they did and your brother and your sister did, they did a tremendous job raising you. Um, one thing I want to say, whenever you get back around and the, um, pick a person to fly in a Blackhawk day comes around, I don't know when that's going to happen, John. It probably will never, but don't exclude me from the list. I want to be in the top 100. And if you do a raffle, I want to be on it. That's all I'm going to say. I'm just putting it in. I'm planting a seed. You do with it with you, what, whatever you want, John. Oh, you are in the top 100 for sure. I love that. I feel so special that you said that. Um, you got to bring John. a grill or something, though. That's that's the only caveat. I'm gonna, we're going to need some snacks. Oh, I could take care of that. Listen, um, as a matter of fact, John, I'm about to go cook a couple steaks. They will be burnt. They will not be good. I'm not like you. Um, some hamburgers, some hot dogs. I'm going to take a piece of advice from John O'Malley. I'm going to go hang out with my family, which I was going to do anyway. Um, John, happy 4th of July. Thank you so much for your service and for everything that you've done for our country. You're a great man. Keep up the great work. And thank you so much for being on the Leader Next Door podcast, man. I can't thank you enough. Happy 4th to you as well. It was, uh, it was great catching up.